Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am an attachment coach, and every week I talk about topics related to healing your attachment type, whether you're an insecure attachment type or you're leaning more secure, but you've got some anxious tendencies or dismissive avoidant tendencies, or if you're right smack in the middle with some fearful avoidant tendencies, welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you this week about attachment style. Before I get into the topic of spirituality and its role in healing attachment, today I'm just going to jump into my own personal share about what's going on with me this week. And I am so excited today because I just finished my first day of somatic experiencing training. It's helped me so much in my own healing journey. And I'm really excited to learn the intricacies of somatic experiencing to bring to my coaching practice. I have used parts of the somatic experiencing technique before and clients have just told me that it's the most profound part of coaching. So I can't wait to learn more about this, use it in my own practice, really help me get into my body, especially when I am just zoning out or checking out or like getting way too in my head. I just think that this practice is going to really be so helpful. It's all about getting into the body. The body is a thermometer, a temperature gauge, a gas tank check, like all, all of those things. Like it, the body is really just helping us understand where our brain is still making meaning out of things and how we can listen and process. So super, super powerful stuff. Can't wait to bring it to you. And... The other thing that's going on with me today is I just started my menstrual cycle and it came as a surprise to me. I have so much going on. I'm so busy. I hate that word busy, but it's true. A lot going on at work. Daycare is all new. And this one kind of crept up on me. Usually I'm like, okay, like here I am on my ovulation cycle or phase and I'm just feeling like I'm on top of the world and then I'm ready for the luteal phase where things kind of bottom out a little bit. And the couple of days before I start my period, usually I am like pretty irritable. Little things really tend to blow up. I start to get some lower back pain. Like I can usually tell it's coming. This time I couldn't tell it's coming. So all of a sudden I was like, wow, it's here which is kind of exciting. That tells me that something's going on with my luteal phase. Maybe I'm just taking the right supplements because of all of my breastfeeding supplements that I'm taking. Who knows? Something to get curious about. I don't have the answers right now. But I just noticed that today my emotions are closer to the surface. My back is, again, really sore. And I'm tired. I just like need to rest and take it easy. So, you know, the menstrual cycle is a beautiful thing. If you have a menstrual cycle, no matter like which gender you you identify with, it's such an interesting rhythm to have in your body. And I've heard before that like women are shedding bodies with ovaries are shedding once a cycle. I'm not sure how long your cycle is. Mine's usually 23 days, but right now it's like 28 to 31 because I'm breastfeeding. So this part of the cycle, the shedding, it's like a death. It's like a letting go. So profound. 
And it's just part of the cycle of life. It's like once a cycle I get to experience and I get to really let go, that to me is such a gift, even though it doesn't, you know, some gifts aren't necessarily wrapped up in the prettiest of packaging. (laughs) So that's what's going on with me. I have a dear friend who's up there on the podcast, Ariel Rose, who has a beautiful sweatshirt that she made that says on my moon. And I'm just thinking like, I think I need to make one of those for me because, you know, periods are real. I think we need to be able to talk about it as we talk about any other body things. There's nothing, you know, we don't need to be secret about it. (laughs) I want to be out and I want to be loud and I want to be very proud (laughs) about my menstrual cycle. So here I am doing that in this episode. So thank you for listening. (laughs) Okay. So today I want to talk to you about spirituality and its role in healing attachment style. And I just want to honor. Spirituality can be very vague and confusing and also really triggering. This can be a really triggering subject for some with such valid reasons. So I want to talk about why it's important to me, why it's part of my practice, and just some steps for you to start to get in touch with some type of spiritual practice. And if you are like, I hate religion, it has treated me wrong, Stick around because I'm going to pull apart the difference between spirituality and religion and talk about how we can separate the two because they're, they can be very different. For some, they're the same, which is awesome. And for some, they're very different. So the reason why I want to talk about spirituality is because I have some clients that I have some clients that have really strong spiritual and religious practices. And I've just noticed that it has really served them in this attachment healing work. And a lot of healing programs like AA, anything of the AA brand, ACA, SLOT, there's so many acronyms, I cannot name them all, Codependence Anonymous, CODA, all of that stuff. The point of that program really is to build your spiritual practice. And again, I'm going to separate spirituality from religion in just a little bit. But the AA has a really strong spiritual portion of it. Because they understand that when you have a spiritual practice, that helps, like it can just really support your healing journey. So I work with a life wheel. This is super common for a lot of coaches. My The life wheel has seven different areas of life. Some life wheels have 10, some have 15. Just really depends on what you're looking at and what you want to be focused on in the different areas of your life. So the life wheel that I use is from the personal development school. And it includes spirituality as a different area of life. And the reason for that is that our spiritual connection can be an abundant source of love, support, validation, feeling heard, feeling listened to, feeling seen. And what I've noticed is that a lot of clients come to me without a spiritual practice. And they can often get a little bit confused when using the life wheel on how to connect to spirituality. And I use the life wheel quite often. I use it in all of uh, all of my sessions. But then I also give my clients homework, daily homework to work on to really actually create change and new belief structures in their life. And in using these d- different tools, it involves the life wheel. So spirituality comes up like quite a bit. 
So I want to tease apart what the difference is between spirituality and religion. And so first I want to try to define spirituality, which inherently spirituality is so hard to define. It is so unique to each individual. It's unanswerable. It's unprovable. In a world where we love facts and we love science, we love numbers, we love spreadsheets, we love proof, we love databases, spirituality is unmeasurable, it's undefinable, it's unprovable. Like, we're never, we can't inherently get answers about spirituality. I actually have, it's so interesting, I have a lot of spiritual teachers who I've seen cite a specific resource that studied prayer. And this is on IMDBH, like the international study, like where you can post your scientific research studies. And I remember reading it in a book from Joe Dispenza. He quoted it. And I went online to research this prayer study because it just didn't really make any sense to me. It was about like praying in the future for hospital patients in the past and... I was just kind of like, this is like a strange setup. Like, I'd like to actually read the source material for this. And when I looked it up, it turned out that this researcher had posted this article as a joke and people had read it and took it seriously. So it's just so interesting that science and and data in itself can become its own religion and, and what we rely on for facts. And I'm not at all demeaning facts and research. I think it's so important and we're learning so much about ourselves through that process. And essentially, if we do it too much, it can can become so dogmatic, right? And we lose touch of, of the spirituality portion of it, which is just undefinable. So for me, spirituality is the connection to all living beings, animals, humans, plants, the earth. And it's this higher consciousness to me. I really feel spiritually connected when I've done a yoga class and I'm lying down in Shavasana, which is the position at the very end where you lie down and kind of meditate for a little bit. And I often just feel this overwhelming sense of connection to the world, people around me. And I feel like some people get this through nature. When you walk through through nature or you're in nature, surrounded by nature, you just feel connection to everything around you. Like we're all part of one source. Some people say universe. Some people say God. Some people say, can't remember anything else right now. (laughs) But whatever your word is for tapping in to that connection, it's a similar connection regardless, right? It doesn't matter what the word is specifically. I remember when I first started dating my husband, I asked him what he thought God was. And he said, literally, when you look at plants and you see how connected they all are, that's God. And I just thought that was so beautiful. So, you know, that's his interpretation of what spirituality is. So when we're tapping into spirituality, we're we're tapping into this source that we're all connected. It can look like karma. It can look like being psychically connected of like being like, oh, I knew you felt that way or I felt that feeling in my body. So I knew that you were thinking that. So a lot of different ways that we feel it. And I think it's just so radically different for every single person. And so the difference between spirituality and religion is that religion has taken spirituality and codified it into a specific type of ritual. 
And it typically religion happens in a very specific space, like a church or a synagogue. And there's usually a top-down approach. It's very hierarchical. There can be a priest or a rabbi or an imam. And those people are disseminating their... So they typically, the higher leader of the of the religion, has access to God. And then they are transferring that knowledge, connection, and resource down to the congregates in the religion. And not all religions work this way, but that's just typically how I have seen religion function. Now, religion gets a little bit tricky because there can be a lot of rules about who is allowed into the heaven or who is a sinner, who is going to the bad place, who's going to hell. There's a lot of rules can be made up about what you're allowed to eat, what you're allowed to ingest, how you're allowed to dress, what you're allowed to wear. It's basically like codifying and it's creating kind of almost a culture of how to access God, universe, spirituality, connections to all beings. And I'm not at all saying that one is better than the other. It just simply is. Now, I do want to address the triggering part of this conversation, which is a lot of people have felt othered by their religion, whether that's because of their sexual identity, their gender, how they show up in the world, whether they're able-bodied. There's a lot of things that go into it. And so the church, churches, some churches have not been as inclusive as they could be of different people, which is really fucking disappointing. And if you feel like you've been othered by religion or by a church, I I have so much compassion for you. And I want to offer to you that it is possible to still have a spiritual practice without having to be like a part of a religion or a part of a specific church. I do think that there are some really cool parts of belonging to a church that you can also replicate on your own. Like singing is usually a, a pretty typical part of a religion or a church service, being in community with others, sharing. And then most church services that I have witnessed involve a sermon. So some type of sharing, learning, striving, and then prayer. Prayer is such a beautiful way to speak out loud what you need help with. And it's up to you to decide who is listening, right? So there's some really cool parts of religion that I think you can totally, if you're like, I hate the church, but I don't know how to bring this into my own life. You can kind of look at that list and be like, what parts of those lists would I like to incorporate into my daily life? Do I need to join a chorus? Do I need to start a singing practice? Can I do prayer on my own? Can I make a manifestation list and read that out loud? Can I join something like AA or some sort of spiritual group, spiritually minded group that is talking about their connection to source or spirit or universe. I joined um, a manifestation group called To Be Magnetic here in San Francisco, where weekly on Sunday, (laughs) which was typically the day that I used to go to church growing up, (laughs) I would gather with many women and we would discuss just how what was coming up for our lives that week and how we were feeling. And we would get validation and support and words of affirmation and community from each other. 
in a way that just helped us make us feel so seen and heard. It was it was amazing. It still happens sometimes, but it was such an important part of my healing journey. So that became kind of the community portion of church that I used to love that I wanted to replicate in my daily life. So that's the kind of the difference between spirituality and religion. And I hope that if you have suffered or been victimized by religion, that you can start to figure out how to be open to a spiritual practice. Because my guess is that if you grew up in the church, you're already pretty open to the idea of spirituality itself. And it might be a, a missing component for you to start to include in your weekly, monthly, or everyday life. So that's why I think it's super important to have a spiritual practice. I'll speak to my own kind of history with my spiritual practice. So my spiritual practice start like it I include I incorporate a lot of different um, modalities into it and it changes with the season. Some things that have remained constant are a yoga nidra practice that I do with Kathy French who is an Irish yoga nidra pr- practitioner. She does yoga nidras based on the Irish calendar. And so it's the changing of the seasons. So um, spring, summer, fall, and summer. Wait, no, I said summer twice. That's because I love summer so much. Winter. <laughs> and then the points in between them. And there's their specific Irish holidays. And oh my God, this, she just does incredible work. So it's celebrating for me, spirituality is celebrating the changing of the seasons because that's a big deal for the plants and the animals all around us and us as humans. It involves a tarot practice as well. So during the changing of the astrology signs, I'll pull cards for the upcoming astrology sign. And I'm not pulling cards to predict what will happen to me during that upcoming astrology season. What I'm doing is I'm pulling cards to help support me through the astrology season. So I'm not at all trying to figure out like what what's going to happen, what do I need to be ready for, but instead it's what can I fall back on as I go move through this this season of Leo right now. Like for this month I pulled um the 5 of swords as an anchor card which I am loving deepening into. It's just the perfect card for me in this at this moment in my healing journey. So that's part of my spiritual practice. Another part is mindfulness practice. So that kind of relates to yoga to me. There's kind of like you can kind of jumble a few of them together to get at like what you need to. Journaling to me is a very spiritual practice. Anytime I'm getting in touch with myself, I feel as though it is a spiritual moment where I'm getting to know myself and therefore I can help others see themselves even clearer. So think of like, maybe there's something there for you. Maybe none of these land, like maybe you're not into any of this. Maybe this is like way too out there for you, but try to think about what you can start to incorporate into your personal practice and try to do it. And if you are going from like zero to spiritual practice, it's just, just take some small, small, small baby, 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 baby steps. I feel like I probably say that in every single episode. I'm all about the gentle. I'm all about slow, 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 slow. (laughs) And the reason that I say that is because it can be so jarring to all of a sudden be like, okay, now I'm open to spiritual practice and your brain and body are going to be like, excuse me, what? (laughs) So, but you can get creative with it. Like, do you feel like you're most connected when you're in nature? Can you make a commitment to yourself to go out into nature once a week? 
Do you want to be, do, does it, should it be one place that you go to visit or can it be many places that you can incorporate into this practice? Do you want to incorporate a different modality into your spiritual practice, such as astrology, human design, tarot? These are all tools that can help track the changing different seasons, help to connect with your spirit guides. That's a whole other like 5D dimensional entity that you can use to help support you. There's a lot of different ways to tap in. Do you just want to go to a yoga class and afterwards get in Shavasana position and be like, I'm connected. <laughs> Bing. That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> or is it totally different for you? Is it none of the above? Is it moving your body, breathing, saying prayers? You can really, really get creative with it. There is no rules in a spiritual practice. Unlike religion, where there's it can be a lot of rules. There is zero rules in a spirituality practice. There's zero rules about what names you use, what you're connecting to, who you're talking to. You can really make it your own, and I want to empower you to make it your own. But I will just say one thing, that if you are choosing to connect with spirit guides, I do encourage you to create boundaries around how you're connecting. And the reason that I say this, and that's it's because I've done a lot of like tapping into past lives, Akashic record reading, things like that. When you're doing those practices, typically practitioners recommend that you start with an opening incantation or an opening prayer, and then you close the session. And the reason for that is you just don't want those spirits hanging out with you for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to have your own sovereignty. I mean, actually, if you want them to hang out all the time, great, ask them to and see what happens. But you are your own, you're in the driver's seat. This is your life. You are your own person. So I encourage you to make sure you have strong, strong boundaries about who's allowed in your space and when and, and saying it out loud. Don't be shy. I always feel silly when I'm doing my, whenever I pull cards, I always open the session and close the session. And I always feel so silly talking out loud, but I truly do think it's important. And it starts, it helps me to start to use my voice and then just continue to hone my voice and empower my voice. So that's spirituality. I think it can be so, so, so helpful. The reason that I think it's so helpful is that it's Again, that unlimited source of abundance and love and support. So when things get really hard, when I'm in that moment where I'm super triggered and I don't know where to turn and maybe I've exhausted all my resources, I've taken my bath, I've done my journaling, then it's time for me to... I'm like, okay, spirituality, what, what support do you have for me today? And you can hear that in my, in my tarot practice, right? The cards that I pull are to support me through the next month. They're not there to tell me that something's wrong or bad or that I'm going to have um, a breakup in my future. No, 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 no. It's all how can life support you? So I hope that's helpful. <laughs> I hope that you play around with that. I'd love to hear about it if you, if you do or if you have any questions. You can always contact me and I'd love to hear about it. If you are interested in healing your attachment style, I would love to help you on your road to secure. I help folks that struggle with people pleasing 
and vulnerability to start to show up securely in relationships and just be satisfied in relationships. It's profound work. I've seen some incredible transformations from clients. Clients have started to reach out to friends to host events. They've started to get in touch with their emotions so that they're close. So they're like in the moment, they actually know how they're feeling rather than a day or two later when they're like, whoa, something was off, but I couldn't tell what it was. I've seen clients figure out how to ask for their needs when they're dating someone and even dating someone casually. So really figuring out how to show up confidently in situationships. It's super cool. It's like, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) I'm honored to do this with you. So if you're interested in finding out if this program is a right fit for you, visit sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And you can book a free discovery call to learn more about it and see if it's the right fit for you. The discovery call is amazing because you get to learn about where you're currently at with your attachment style and your attachment system. Like most of us are more than one attachment style. And then I'll help you understand how you can actually start to show up more securely in your life because it's totally possible. I don't think um, an attachment style is a death sentence or, you know, sometimes diagnoses can be really difficult. To me, this is just leveraging the right tools to start to show up securely. It's super awesome. Okay. Thank you for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you.